the last episode really made my head spin. So many sounds buzzing around in all three dimensions. Wait, I just remembered. I don't even have a head. I'm just an avatar. Jeff's voice avatar, to be precise. And I'm here to bring you a deep dive into the technology behind 3D audio and head rotation sensors. You might know Kimmy already from the latest From Know How to Wow episode. She is a Bosch engineer. Today, she is going to explain how she ensures accuracy by correcting sensor errors. She will also introduce you to some special kind of math that helps her make it all work. If you want to measure rotation, you'll quickly realize that a gyroscope is useful. Whether it's head rotation that you're measuring like Kimi, or, let's say, the rotation of the Earth, like Fugo. He is the one who gave the gyroscope its name. If you translate it from Greek, it would be something like rotation scene, a device to see rotations. Since Fugo in the 1850s, gyroscopes have come a long way. But classic gyroscope sensors have some downsides, says Kimmy. Very, very expensive. And also it is very big. So gyroscopes had to become smaller. The same goes for other sensors, like accelerometers. After all, they have to fit into wearables like head tracking devices. If you've listened to From Know How to Wow for a while, you know what these small sensors are called. MEMS, Microelectromechanical Systems. And the advantage of the MEMS sensor is that they are very cheap, they are very, very small, and that's why we can have them in the consumer electronics. But miniaturization comes at a cost. It's hard to make the MEMS gyroscopes as accurate as the classic ones without compromising on their other advantages. The accuracy for the classical gyroscope, for example, is much, much higher than the current MEMS uh, gyroscope, I would say. And also from the other parameter like the temperature dependency or sensitivity, this kind of parameter, for the classical gyroscope, it has much better parameter there compared to the MEMS sensor. This means that a MEMS gyroscope reacts to environmental changes when it shouldn't. It produces errors, an offset from the actual value it's supposed to measure. And that's okay. We all have errors, don't you? As a voice avatar, I know I'm not perfect. And dare I say, even Jeff, who lent me his voice, is not perfect. The important thing is that we acknowledge our flaws and deal with them, or in technical terms, correct for the errors. Because if you don't address the errors, they escalate. Well, you can imagine that you have one angular rate measured, and there would be a kind of offset on the gyroscope. Let's say it is 0.1 degree per second, something like that. And if you are integrating that gyroscope signal with that offset, and you can imagine that if you increase the time, the error would also increase. And at the end, after some time, you would have whatever, 90 degrees of error, which is, of course, not acceptable. So that's why we would need also other sensors to compensate these errors there. More sensors. That's the solution. Head rotation tracking doesn't work with a gyroscope alone. The Bosch sensor used in such devices also includes an accelerometer and a magnetometer. Those can be used to check if the gyroscope signal needs correction. 
However, the magnetometer, for instance, isn't always correct either. It produces its own errors and is influenced by environmental factors as well. Currently, we have actually a lot of indoor scenarios and also in the office or at home, a lot of sources of magnetic distortion. So how to get rid of that and how to avoid that and how to compensate that is also quite a tricky part in the fusion algorithms. Kimi's field of expertise is sensor fusion. Simply put, it means combining the signals from the gyroscope, the accelerometer, and the magnetometer to compensate for the errors. The goal of sensor fusion is to determine one combined sensor output that represents the true rotation angles of the device. So we have a very good distortion detection algorithm inside our fusion. The trick is to figure out how one sensor can be used to determine that another sensor's measurement is off or distorted. By using the gyroscope signal, you can get an idea, okay, for example, if I moved, let's say, 90 degrees by integrating the gyroscope signal, and then I realize, oh, my magnetic field is actually not rotated like 90 degree, but it's rotated like 180 degree, then there must be something wrong with the magnetic field. So that would be also an indicator for a distortion. Kimmy's engineering, the code that she writes, ensures that the three sensors work as a team. Together, they provide the necessary accuracy to determine the correct rotation angles at all times. But Kimmy says there's a catch. There is a problem with the maths that can sometimes lead to wrong results. But let's back up a bit. What Kimmy wants the sensors to determine in a head tracking device is three angles, heading, roll, and pitch. The heading, let's say in our convention, that would be the angle between your y-axis and the north. So that is just the heading. So in which direction you are looking at now. And the pitch and roll would be the tilt of your device or object. Let's say if you are, for example, tilting your smartphone upper edge down, that would describe your pitch of several degrees. And also the same for the roll. If you just tilt your left edge of your smartphone down, you would have also several degrees of a roll there. So this is the classical Euler angle representation. At the beginning, we talked about Foucault. Euler's time was even a hundred years before him. In the 18th century, Leonard Euler came up with the idea that the orientation of an object in a coordinate system can be determined by three angles. Those angles describe rotations about the axes of the coordinate system. Euler angles are very useful, for instance, in order to calculate the orientation of a plane or a spacecraft. But they are not as foolproof as they might seem at first. For example, there are multiple definitions of Euler angles, and there is no incorrect way to use them. If you use the Euler angles, you would need to describe very detailed and very exact what is your rotation sequence, because depending on how you rotate it, you can say, okay, I rotate at first my heading and then pitch and roll. You would come to completely a different result if you just rotate first the roll and pitch and then heading. Also, there's an issue called gimbal lock. It's a bit complicated to explain. But to be honest, it sounds even worse than the previous issue. There are several positions which can cause this problem, depending on the definition of your Euler angles. And in this position, this special position, you would have a problem that you cannot determine the pitch and roll or a heading. So there would be 
not a unique values for the three angles. Perhaps the device could think that you're doing a headstand when in fact you're standing. But what do I know? As I said earlier, I don't even have a head. I'm just a bodiless voice. Anyway, while you probably learned about Euler angles in school, the pros, like Kimmy, use a better system to describe. We usually, when it comes to rotation, mathematics, or calculations, we use quaternion because the quaternion gives you a very unique rotation representation, and it doesn't have a problem with the Jingba lock. So that is why this is very widely used in sense of orientation calculating. Quaternions are not a new idea either. To share one more bit of knowledge with you, they were invented by multiple people, but Carl Friedrich Gauss was the first. They are a bit difficult to wrap your head around. The first time I heard about this was also kind of, you know, something you can not understand because uh, I would say maybe you can think about a three-dimensional world in your head, but a four-dimensional is already kind of complex, right? Good question. But I don't know. Kimmy, you tell the listeners, please. So simply it is, let's say, a four-dimensional vector which includes a scalar part and a vector part. So the first component, you have a scalar value, which gives you information of the rotation angle. And the remaining three components, this is the vector part, which includes both the rotation angle information and also the rotation axis information. And that's how it's done. That's what's going on inside your VR headset or your headphones or earbuds with 3D audio capabilities, or in any other head tracking devices. That's how the Bosch sensors in these devices determine how your head is rotated. So we can describe any rotation in 3D space with one quaternions and with one rotation matrix. The head rotation sensor combines the know-how of Foucault, Euler, Gauss, and Kimi to create some wow effects inside your head. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give our podcast some stars on whichever podcast platform you're using? I'm quite sure that the real Jeff and Shuko would be happy about it. The two of them can simply still express feelings much better than I can as an AI. But I can promise I am willing to evolve. In two weeks, Shuko and Jeff will be back with a brand new episode. It will be a quantum leap in podcasting.